We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What's up, Nets fans? Welcome to the Brooklyn Buzz, presented by OTGBasketball.com. I'm your host, Nick Faye. With me, as always, Jack Manuel. How are you doing, Jack? Welcome to the emergency Rodney Stuckey edition of the Brooklyn Buzz, ladies and gentlemen. Big news, big news. No, <laughs> no the Nets are not signing Rodney Stuckey, hopefully. We'll see. We shall see. But we do have a couple other rumors to talk about. You know, Marcus Smart, Jeremy Lin, Carmelo Anthony, uh, our draft pick signed. But before we get started, as always, just a quick reminder, check us out on iTunes, Blog Talk, OTGBasketball.com, YouTube. Subscribe, retweet, share. Let us know what you think. Send us some comments. We always want to hear your feedback. But, Jack, you want to get started with the draft picks or Marcus Smart? Let's we'll quickly touch on the fact that our two boys, our two European fellas, uh, Jana and Rodion, have signed. The buyouts have been complete, and they are officially Nets, Nets boys. Um, it's it's awesome the fact that we now have them. We can call them our own. Um, the Jana tweeted out uh, a picture of him and Sean Marks, which was uh, very very nice to see. And Nets Daily have done some tweets about the fact that they've spoken to local radio stations uh, as well. It's just really, really positive. Um, we got, I think, Rodon's on a four-year contract for about seven mil. Um, I just can't wait to see these guys put on an edge uniform and, and play for our guys. Yeah, it's happy to kind of see everything come together and they finally get the buyouts and the contracts complete. And nice, you know, long-term deals where they can be nice complementary pieces in the future and have them on a good contract. So really positive for the Nets, and I feel like they're just going to be low-key, very nice draft picks for the Nets moving forward. But moving on to from there, there's been a lot of chatter on Nets Twitter, Nets, you know, beat writers and stuff. Marcus Smart rumors. You know, it all started with a picture of uh, Sean Marks talking to Marcus Smart's agent. Next thing you know, there was a report that they had a meeting with Marcus Smart. And there was also another report saying they had a meeting with uh, a talk with the Celtics about a possible sign and trade. Obviously, sign and trades for restricted free agents are really complicated. But what are your thoughts on this and Marcus Smart possibly being a net? We kind of mentioned a little bit on the last show. 
Yeah, funnily enough, we did. I didn't see um, the rumor gaining much traction, but maybe we spoke into existence. <laughs> LeVar Ball status. <laughs> LeVar Ball star, yeah. Um, I, I talked about the fact that I would really like Marcus Smart as a fit for us right now. Obviously, you know, we've talked about our sort of, you know, glut of point guards, our glut of guards in general uh, in terms of our squad. But Marcus Smart gives us something completely different. And I think balances out the sort of really sort of high offensive capabilities of guys like Jeremy Lin, uh, D'Angelo Russell, and would be a perfect sort of two guy next to them and can sort of focus solely on the defensive capability. Him and Jared Allen as a sort of, you know, backcourt, frontcourt punch uh, is a really sort of nice sort of um, one-two sort of capability there. Um, I, I would love to see Marcus Smart on our sort of our payroll going forward. But at the same time, as Nets Daily and as plenty of Nets pundits have sort of tweeted, you know, the salary cap flexibility of us right now uh, is the reason why the sign-and-trade rumor was sort of brought up. Uh, and there are might be some other teams sort of going for him in terms of like the Sacramento Kings as well. But for me, Marcus Smart would be, you know, a, a perfect system sort of glue guy uh, to add into this Nets squad. Yeah, he definitely would fill in some needs. Like you said, defensively, him and Jared Allen locking down a pick and roll would be really nice, some nice toughness. He'd be a guy that would kind of send a message that they're looking more to compete now possibly and kind of compete for an eight seed. So I wouldn't mind it, but like we've kind of mentioned on the previous show, they'd probably have to move, you know, a Jeremy Lin or a Spencer Dinwiddie. One positive thing about Marcus Smart, not last season, the year before that, he played 55% of his minutes at small forward. So he can play on the wings a little bit. He's a strong dude. He's been known to kind of match up. So I wouldn't be surprised. Kenny's kind of hinted at liking him a little bit in the past. So I think the versatility would be a nice fit. But also, like you said, the cap flexibility. How If he's a restricted free agent, you need to send an offer to Boston that they won't match. And if it's a fair price, they're most likely going to match. So it kind of puts the Nets in a weird situation. That's why the sign and trade makes so much sense. But like I said, there's some complicated rules when it comes to sign trading a restricted free agent yeah michael pino actually tweeted out the nets have enough cap space to offer marcus smart a contract that would put the celtics into the tax which is another sort of added sort of storyline for celtics fans um danny Ainge has mentioned uh quite recently that he he's all for going into the tax i'm i'm sure ownership probably would have given him uh that take to sort of um to to, to tell everyone but at the same time, you know, they're going to have contracts for Jalen Brown in the future. They're going to have a contract for Jason Tatum in the future. Kyrie Irving is an unrestricted free agent next year. Um, there's a lot of sort of, you know, and Terry Rozier as well. As sort Al of like Horford. Another, Al Horford. All these sort of pieces going forward. As much as the Boston Celtics have an embarrassment of riches, in large part thanks to the Boston, uh, to our, our Nets, there are going to be some maneuvering that they're going to need to do. And maybe Sean Marks has something up his sleeve in terms of Marcus Smart as well. We need to offer him more than a one-year contract, so that would take up some of our 2019-2020 space that we have coveted so dearly. Um, at the same time, I think us and the Kings, and if not the, the Hawks, would be the top sort of three teams in terms of salary cap um, going into next into the season after next season. Um, so it's going to be whether the Nets sort of see Marcus Smart as worth taking up some of that sort of double max space. Um, I certainly think that the, he there's a, a chance. And the, what was the results of the poll that you put out? I remember that this, this, the Nets were like second in it. Yeah, I believe the Nets were around 27 to 25%. Obviously, it's kind of changing every hour or so. The Celtics were the favorite at close to 50, but the Nets were second in that. And, I mean, it does seem like a real possibility. And you mentioned the cap flexibility. I think it also could force the Nets where there are options where they could possibly move a contract next year. You know, they could move an Allen Cap contract possibly if he has some value. There's even been talk about him possibly opting out if he wanted, you know, long-term money. Then also, you know, I hate to say this to you, Jack, there is a possibility they had to open up cap for some huge move. They could move 
Joe Harris. I see <laughs> it's very unlikely, but I mean, there are options out there in terms of what they can do. And, you know, having those two max cap spots isn't necessarily needed. If they were to go in and say, you know, have one max cap spot and then another, you know, $20 million spot and be able to get one really great player and then some other nice role players, I think that would be fine too. I don't think Sean Marks is going to lock in his mentality on, you know, one idea and be like, all right, we need two max spots so we can sign Kyrie and Jimmy Butler. Like that's our, obviously like a dream scenario. And I don't think Sean Marks is going to bank on a dream scenario. He would like the flexibility. But if this is a player, Marcus Smart probably you could argue has another uh, another level that he could hit too. And he just is a good guy in terms of setting the culture and kind of bringing a winning mentality to the Nets. And I just think about it in my head, like, you know, the Nets, I think Joe Harris said the Nets lost like 20 to 26 games by six points or less. Having a guy like Marcus Smart, he's going to win you a couple more possessions yeah. and that's going to result in a couple more Ws. And when you lose so many games like that, let's say, just let's say 20 games, now you win those 10 games, you're looking a lot closer to the postseason than you were. Yeah, and I mean, in the Nets daily picks, I love the sort of conspiracy theories that were sort of brought out. Like, is Sean Marks just meeting with Marcus Smart as a sort of power move over the Boston Celtics for what's happened to us in the past? True. Um, it, it could happen. Um, you know, are, are we being used as leverage in that sort of sense of the word? Which, I mean, I would absolutely love just sort of a, a little bit of a middle finger to the Boston Celtics what they've done to us in the past. But again, that was sort of our own misgivings uh, with what Billy King did. But yeah, it's going to be certainly, you know, one to sort of keep an eye on because there are so many sort of storylines and sort of uh, questions surrounding what has to happen for the Nets to land, um, to, to, to land Marcus Smart because I think the Sacramento Kings are on the outer um, and it seems to be it's going to be a race between two in terms of Boston and Brooklyn. Boston certainly seemed to favor it as the poll sort of suggests as well. I think uh, the OTG followers uh, are pretty much on the money with that. But it's not to say that the, the Nets aren't without a chance. And um, obviously, there'll be lots of maneuvering that needs to be done by both sides. But certainly, uh, I'll insert eyes emoji uh, for this sort of storyline. And you mentioned kind of helping out Marcus Smart and kind of putting some pressure on the Celtics. We've mentioned this on the show before. Sean Marks is building up those relationships with agents. You know, when you have agents that like you, their players are more likely to come to you, come for the contract and stuff along those lines. Hypothetically, we could see Marcus Smart sign the qualifying offer and he could sign with the Nets next year. You know, it's not out of the realm of possibility. So, And he's also been a guy who's been upset the Celtics haven't given him enough attention. So just going there and kind of talking to him a little bit obviously made him happy. So I wouldn't be surprised if he's in that uniform. I also wouldn't be surprised if he's in the Celtics uniform. I don't really see a ton of other teams getting in there. And I seem, it seems like Smart might have some interest in coming to Brooklyn. I mean, who would? I mean, we're, we're building something there, the sort of franchise, the camaraderie. We talked about the Utah Jazz and full access hoops. But what the Nets are building, um, with, we had seven players at our summer league as well. Uh, so many guys, the Murray Carroll from our leadership down to our stars in D'Angelo and Jeremy Lin. Um, I think probably as well, a, 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 a point that has been uh, made very clear by plenty of NBA pundits is the fact that Dante Exum's three-year, $33 million deal uh, was probably one that sort of Marcus Smart saw and, and went, okay, cool. If this guy's going to get this, you know, I've stayed healthy um, relatively for the past sort of couple of years. And this is what this guy's getting. I'm better than this. You guys owe me more than that. Um, so there's certainly some something there uh, as well. Um, I like what Marcus Smart would bring, you know, on the floor, off the floor. You know, obviously people talk about him in terms of his um, hot-headedness. But at the same time, I, I feel like, yeah, I mean... You don't want your guy to get injured from uh, self-infliction. I mean, LeBron James did it, but he's allowed to because he's the king. Um, but yeah, I, I think you know Coach Kenny would be able to maybe rein that in a little bit in terms of our sort of system. I think the teammates around him as well, and he may even have like a sort of leadership role. 
Um, it's it'll be interesting to see um, to be a fly on the wall at summer league and sort of see what was said between Sean Marks and Marcus Smart's camp. Um, it'd be worth a million dollars. Yeah, and we kind of hit on it a little bit. His fit next to D'Angelo would be pretty perfect. You know, so giving good. just allowing him to kind of do his offensive thing and Smart being that defensive stopper. And uh, Andrew Bailey on Twitter did a little thread on Marcus Smart, I think yesterday possibly, and he kind of looked at some of the numbers. And he just has some ridiculous career numbers when it comes to rebounding, steal percentage. Just he's not a great offensive player in terms of shooting and shot selection. But on everything else, he's just incredibly impactful, and he would just add to the nets in areas where they need it. Definitely, and I think that we need defense like, you know, uh, so, like, I can't think of an analogy right now, but we need defense a lot. Let's just put it that way. We, oh, need, all the, we need defense all that we can get, you know. Um, there's so much sort of potential in terms of the system that we have right now. And to add Marcus Smart into sort of the, the guy, like an Ed Davis, and in terms of the depth of our rotation already, um, I think would be absolutely perfect. But at the same time, it is still a rumor, but it is a rumor that is getting traction by the day. Yeah, I think the money number is the most important thing here. I think you don't want to overpay a smart just to kind of send it to the Celtics and kind of ruin some of your flexibility. I think you want to try to make a deal where you're kind of getting some flexibility and you're adding a really nice player that you can see kind of help you attract free agents next year. Talking about rumors, though, there's been a rumor about Jeremy Lin possibly going to the OKC Thunder in a Carmelo Anthony swap. Obviously, money-wise, this doesn't work out. There'd have to be other pieces involved. Thoughts on this? Real or fake? I mean, it's really fake i don't know <laughs> i'm not sure what to, how to sort of um speculate it um the credence that it's getting um seems to be growing by the day but at the same time you know jeremy lynn said himself he's like i didn't get a call my agent just called me to clarify i don't think that there's any realness to it i don't think that that's it that it has any truth to it so unless sean marx tells him I can't see Sean Marks being the type of guy to go behind a player's back and then just go, oh, by the way, Jeremy, you're traded. Um, also, we've talked about at length, and, and me personally specifically, the marketability that Jeremy Lin has. He's one of the sort of the top guys for Adidas, the sort of uh, an absolute, like, absolute marketing goldmine when you're talking about the Asia market as well. Um, I just think that Jeremy Lin right now uh, is better on this squad. But, you know, you can add it as Mari Carroll. You know, Alan Crabb has been talked as well. You know, the, for the the Thunder are certainly just trying to get something back. And this deal certainly works well for them. And, I mean, all it gives us is cap space. Um, I would much rather, as a Nets fan, just keep Jeremy Lin, you know, as much as, you know, we can, if we wanted to, just trade him at the deadline. Um, I just can't... But he has more value. Exactly. Exactly. And, I mean, a lot of Thunder fans are sort of saying, what's Jeremy Lin done? Well, yeah, despite the fact that he's not healthy, if you watch Jeremy Lin at a healthy rate, you know, he would add something absolutely awesome to that sort of Thunder lineup. I've given them a real added boost off the bench because, you know, he's just certainly about leaps and bounds ahead of Raymond Felton, dad bod. Um, yeah. And but, he can play off ball next to Westbrook too. So, I mean, exactly. I don't, I don't think it's a good trade for the Nets because the Thunder, I believe, can't trade a draft pick until like 2022. The only way it makes sense is if the Nets were able to get some draft picks in this deal and they have another deal in mind where they're trying to make a move at the deadline and trying to pick up a big name because that's usually why you collect assets. So, for me, it doesn't seem like a Sean Marks type move to just get Melo, then cut him, and then maybe getting one first round pick like four years down the line. I think there's just not enough production for the Nets in terms of this trade. Uh, you know, obviously in some trades you look for long term thing, but in the short term, there's no positive for the Nets. No, it doesn't make a lot of sense. And I can't see Sean Marks making a move that doesn't benefit us short and or long term. So for this to happen, um, I would be very surprised. But, you know, um, funnier things have happened in the league.
Yeah, like the Nets trading for Dwight Howard and being able to trade Mo- Moskov being traded twice in two weeks, which is honestly, I if someone asked me to say like I bet a thousand dollars if I think that would ever happen, even if it was a one percent chance, I would have said no, and it happened. I mean, Jeremy yep. Lin, though, talking trade wise, we mentioned some other possible spots: Orlando, Phoenix. I know I hinted that uh, New Orleans being a possibility, but a lot of teams just don't really have a lot of options. I think Phoenix probably would be able to send back some decent assets, maybe Orlando too, contract wise as well. But uh, it's tough to see Jeremy Lin getting moved before the season. It seems like it'd be more likely to see him move during the season when teams see, all right, his knee's okay, he can still play. Yeah, and I mean, um, obviously, he's still not even playing five-on-five. Five. He's not even having five-on-five exactly. five contact yet, um, as has been reported and as he's mentioned to reporters at Summer League and, and the rest. Um, and I just like what Jeremy Lin brings to, uh, to, to a locker room as well. Um, we've talked Very about young. sort of... De- yeah, exactly. And in terms of sort of the, the guard glut that we have, at the head of that is Jeremy Lin. You know, it, at his best, Jeremy Lin is still our best player. Um, do you, you can argue about D'Angelo Russell all that you want. Uh, I still I'd think probably go D'Angelo. That's just my opinion, though. I, I just, I'm just going. I, I'm personally going by what Jeremy Lin has done in this league already. D'Angelo has had maybe 40 games in his career so far that have been in comparison to say Jeremy Lin's couple of seasons uh, across the league. Um, I, I think of just what they've done so far. Jeremy Lin uh, is a more proven player um, in in that sense, but. Both of them are going to be so important to our fortunes going forward. And I just wanted to be healthy. Um, and then, you know, if we if you deal him at the trade deadline, so be it. Um, I just hope for Jeremy Lin to be healthy because he provides us with, you know, marketability. He provides us with, you know, on-court exploits. He provides us as, you know, leadership in the locker room. You know, him and Damari Carroll as the sort of two head guys, that sort of locker room in terms of their leadership and age, I think would be awesome. And, you know, add in Ed Davis to that, who we've talked about. Um, I liked all the, the moves the Nets are making. So let's just sort of, and, we've, and Sean Marks has mentioned, and we've mentioned on the, the pods in terms of um, analyzing his comments, we see this as our sort of, uh, our guys going forward. So unless something were to change drastically, you know, this Marcus Smart trade, you know, maybe something happens in terms of the mellow, it's a three-way sort of uh, proposition in terms of other teams, then j- expect Jeremy Lin to be in the Nets uniform. Yeah, I think the one thing though that would hurt Jeremy and my like player rankings of the Nets would just be the health. Like you said, you know, he's accomplished, he's done some nice things. He's just coming back from that injury is a little bit scary, but I seems like he's been working really hard. And even if he isn't the same player, like you hinted at, his leadership in the locker room is going to be huge, especially for the young guards, because he's been a guy who's been around for you know a while now. It's not like he's in his first or second year. He's he's in he's a what is he like 30 plus now approaching? So I think he's 28 or 29. Yeah. So he's right around that 30 cusp. He's been in the league for almost 10 years now. So really solid. And he can add some things to not only the guards, but just all the players on the roster. And you sent me a nice link of him commenting on playing with Ed Davis again, a guy that he's really loved to play with that pick and roll. So, I mean, it, it just it makes sense to keep Jeremy on this squad. Uh, I think as well, you know, Joseph Sy as. Uh, the incumbent owner for, for for the Brooklyn Nets, you know, it makes sense to keep, you know, your most marketable asset in Jeremy Lin in terms of the market that you're so familiar with. Obviously, we've talked about his history on podcasts last year as an owner and as a businessman. Jeremy, as a businessman, you'd be remiss if you were to move, you'd be silly, sorry, to move, to move Jeremy Lin uh, and to sort of obviously, you know, uh, the, the decisions come from ownership down. So if Sean Marks were to make a decision, Unless he were completely empowered, I'm sure Joseph Sy 
or Mikhail Prokhorov would have some sort of say. Um, they've certainly been much more empowered in terms of what's happening um, right now with our Nets because we know Mikhail was probably one of the key drivers of that um, infamous Billy King trade that we've done to death and everyone has done to death on. I feel like we've talked about that a lot today. (laughs) Oh, no. We've talked about it not just on this podcast. But, yeah, Jeremy Lin, um, I've I've got a, funnily enough, I've got a Brook Lopez sort of, not a jersey, but those um, T-shirt jerseys. Name number two. I've got a, yeah, the number two. I've got a Jeremy Lin one as well, which is very comfortable, mind you, and awesome workout sort of tea and awesome to sort of just um, mope around in. So I hope he doesn't move because I'm a, I'm a huge fan um, and obviously he has so many other fans as well. And I want to see that attendance drive up at Barclays Centre. You know, if I end up heading to the States, which I hope to next year at some point or this at the end of this year at some point, I want to see Jeremy Lin in a next uniform. Yeah, I think it would just wouldn't make sense to trade, even if they did trade him, till he puts a uniform on and plays and proves that he's healthy. It just seems like you're trading something for, you know, 25 cents of the dollar instead of waiting and seeing like, all right, Jeremy Lin still can, he's healthy, he can help some teams. But moving on from Jeremy Lin, we kind of mentioned this before, talking about the cap space, obviously we've touched on it, it's been mentioned, it's starting to get mentioned on a lot more big podcasts as well. I know Howard Beck has brought it up on not only his own podcast, he brought it up on the Zach Lowe podcast. The Nets having big cap space and able to attack, uh, kind of attack a big name free agent next year. What do you think? Is it realistic for the Nets to really go after a big name and bring him in, or is it like, oh, they're the Nets, they're not going to be able to sign anyone? Or has Sean Marks and Kenny and you know the development of the team really changed the view of this franchise? I mean, it's it has certainly changed it, but has it changed to the point, Nick, where we can now attract big name free agents? That's the big question. I think that um, a, a lot of sort of critical, uh, a pundits critical of the Nets would say, absolutely not. You know, look at this team. You know, we're a 30-win team, if that. Um, our talent is, you know, nowhere near playoff bound. And if, you know, you want to attract big-name free agents, you need to be a winning franchise or at least on the verge of it. Um, and I think that's what this season is going to be. I've mentioned before, um, I, I still think that we're a ways away from being that sort of franchise that can attract it. Um, obviously, there's teams like the Knicks, like the Hawks. I think that we're in the mix with them. Um, I think the Knicks will only have room for one free agent and they may have to like, you know, whether that's a Kevin Durant, whether that's a Kyrie Irving, whether that's a Jimmy Butler, whereas the Nets have the flexibility to add two guys, two max guys. And in that sense, that makes sense going, okay, well, let's get Jimmy, let's get Kyrie, let's get KD, let's get Kyrie. Um, Obviously, bringing up these names is fun, but I think it's all going to depend on what we can produce on the court this season. We need to show continued development. We can't be a 30-win team again. We need to reach that 35-win mark, you know, barring injuries, barring, you know, two-minute losses that have happened to us in the last um, the last season. <laughs> Way too often. But, you know, the the eyes are certainly on us now. You know, Wes Wilcox, like you mentioned on the Howard Beck podcast, Howard Beck, a guy who's certainly in the know. The fact that we're being brought up in this and the fact that we have that flexibility is the positive thing. But there are certainly questions around it. I'm still somewhat skeptical, despite the fact that I would love to see, you know, a superstar on the, on the Nets team. You know, the last time we saw it was, you know, eons ago. Um, but at the same time, you know, it, there's still an element of skepticism for it for me. What about you? I think there definitely is. You know, you need to be competitive on the floor. They need to be, like you said, a 35-plus win team, show a lot of development. D'Angelo, if D'Angelo becomes an all-star, it brings a lot more attraction. You know, you know, Karis LeVert steps into his game another level. Jared Allen comes onto the scene and has a huge year. You know, he showed some nice things at Summer League. I think that could really help the cause. But I also wouldn't be opposed as well as, you know, you miss out on some of the star guys. You keep your cap, cap flexibility and maybe you sign some other big names. 
know, maybe somebody like a Chris Middleton, maybe somebody like an Al Horford, you know, some other big time star players, maybe not the cream of the crop, not the Kyrie, not the KD, not the Jimmy Butler, the Clay or the Kawhi, but there's going to be other good free agents out there where you can really improve the team and then still keep flexibility for the next year, which has been noted before that the Nets want to keep flexibility if they don't land a big time star in this year. Yeah, and I think at the same time, you know, in terms of the restricted free agency of D'Angelo and one day, you know, a, a report coming out, I think The Athletic sort of saying that, you know, Devin Booker, one of D'Angelo's closest friends, um, saw him get that max contract and that's been a, a driving, an added motivation for him going forward. You know, D'Angelo could be on that route. We don't know. This could be a breakout season for him. He had breakout moments last year before his injury, but he, did, he certainly didn't have a, a fully-fledged 82 games that would warrant a max contract. So, and, you know, if you're going to get a guy like a Kyrie Irving, you know, it sort of leaves D'Angelo Russell, you know, uh, a, a bit of an afterthought, you know, in terms of the amount of guys that we have as well. You know, maybe you get rid of Karras or, or whoever else. I mean, that Spencer would be will be a free agent next year as well. Jeremy, free agent as well. So, and I think the one thing that helps the Nets, if, you know, D'Angelo does take that jump, they'll have his full bird rights. So will be a cap hold, I believe, around $10 million or something along those lines, where they can still have close to max cap space, attract these guys, and then re-sign D'Angelo and go over the cap and go into the tax, because I don't think that's a problem. Sean Marks says ownership has no problem paying the tax when it comes to a winning team and having a legit chance to, you know, be a dominant team in the East. Yeah, and I think with two superstars, with, you know, increased play from Jared Allen, Rondé, and, and everyone else on the roster that we've talked about, then that makes us. But, yeah, you to be a tax team, you have to be in that top three range. Um, you know, you look at the teams around there now, the OKC Thunder, Houston Rockets, Golden State Warriors, the Cleveland Cavaliers were last year. They're not going to be this year. They'll uh, the be Boston close to it, though, still. <laughs> they still will be close to it, obviously. They'll be looking to make some trades for Kyle Korver and the likes of. But, yeah, for them, you need to be a top team in the Eastern Conference. And the Nets are still, you know, a ways away from that. They need to get some either superstar talent or they need to show some drastic improvement next year. There's certainly every chance of it happening. Um, and we're all about the positivity on the Brooklyn buzz. But, you know, we need to sort of temp temper that and sort of balance it out with the fact of a little bit of realism and the fact that there are still a ways to go for our Brooklyn Nets. And, you know, hopefully those steps can start to be made. You know, and they've already started to be made in this offseason, but it needs to start to happen in the regular season next year. Like, I don't think I would be upset next year if they don't sign any big stars, but they sign some other very good players and then they make a playoff run and then they still have cap flexibility for the next year. So yeah. you know, it's like taking a small step where there's a potential where they could maybe get the big step. Like you said, you know, a lot's going to have to happen with D'Angelo. Everyone's going to have to make the jumps. They're going to have to get closer to probably 40 wins and even 35 and really compete for that eight seed. But if not, you know, add some other pieces, take a small step, and then the next year the goal is to make the playoffs. And after that, all right, we're a good team. We have max, we have maybe one max cap spot going to the next year, and we can attract somebody else big, maybe like Anthony Davis if he's a free agent at that time. Who knows? It's, um, it's, it's nice to sort of speculate about this because, you know, if we were doing the Brooklyn Buzz last year or the year before, it wouldn't have been as fun a podcast. Exactly. There's not as much hope. And obviously, a lot of credit goes to Sean Marks, Kenny, the coaching staff, and even the players have just taken that jump from guys like Joe Harris, Spencer Dinwiddie, Rondé, Karis Avert, all the way to D'Angelo Russell and Jared Allen. So funnily I think enough, I was going to say, funnily enough, you know, David Nwaba as well has been brought up. You know, obviously, he's now an unrestricted free agent with the Bulls rescinding his rights. And one of the sort of, you know, uh, big Nets pundits, GNYR, has brought up the fact of, you know, could David Nwaba be a cheap version of that? Um, I think that there's a possibility that that could happen. Not bad. I honestly was thinking the same thing when I saw that they rescinded his qualifying offer. You know, maybe sign him on a one-year deal or a cheap deal where you get him for two or three. He obviously needs a lot of work on his offensive game, but defensively and his energy-wise, he's just one of those hustle dudes.
Yeah, and in a, a player development system that's predicated on, you know, sort of getting the most out of sort of these young guys, you know, Coach Kenny is the guy for that. Sean Marks is the guy for that. So, you know, David Nwaba or Marcus Smart, we might have to uh, do a little bit of a poll on that on, on, on OTG Basketball. I might do it on my personal one as well. Yeah. Because, or, put it, or put it on, you know, the YouTube page as well. But we want to hear your thoughts as well because, you know, both of these guys have somewhat similar skill sets in terms of, you know, their capabilities defensively and offensively. But, you know, it's going to be about like, you know, what is the ceiling of them? Has Marcus Smart already reached his ceiling and he's just going to be that sort of good for uh, the, for years to come? He is 24, so he is, still has plenty of time on his side, as does Nawaba. So, I mean, there's those two guys, you know, we could see in the next uniform. Um, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, how, how hard Sean Marks goes after either of these guys. And don't be surprised if you see another trade that we haven't even mentioned. You know, yeah. there's a possibility of taking on a bad contract, getting another draft pick. I will say this is a very low possibility, but I do think it's possible. Don't be surprised if the Nets were to make some type of splash trade at the deadline if they're able to gather some more assets at the end of this offseason, package maybe like a Rondé and a Spencer and move somebody else for another pick. Like that wouldn't be out of the realm of possibilities, and then that would help you attract free agents in the upcoming offseason. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I wouldn't be completely surprised if we saw something along those lines. No, I agree. Especially, you know, maybe a Jimmy Butler wants to get moved. I don't know. <laughs> That's just pure speculation, though. Jimmy Buckets. <laughs> but, uh, Jack, anything else for get out of here? No, not at all, mate. I appreciate uh, taking the time. And, you know, Nets fans, it's going to be one to watch. Make sure you stay in tune to the Brooklyn Buzz for all your Nets news. Yes, sir. And check us out on iTunes, Blog Talk, OTG Basketball, YouTube. Like I said, subscribe, share, let us know what you think. We're more than happy to hear your thoughts. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.